0: Okay, so before we get into episode, I just wanted to hop on real quick and say that we're going to be posting every other week. So yes, um, we're going to have lots of new content, lots of pretty interesting topics coming up in the future. There's lots to to be excited for and look forward to, but yes, our episodes are now going to be posted every other week. Okay, roll the intro. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Paula. So, Paula, um, last week was your... not No, not last week because we didn't post last week, but um, the week before was your debut. So, how was that? How was life on the podcast? It was fun.
1: It was interesting to kind of hear your perspective on, perspective on things and then let everybody know mine. So,
0: yeah, and just... It
1: was a good time to talk about the quarantine.
0: Um, okay, so our random question for this episode is, what was your favorite TV show that was canceled? And do you wish it would make a comeback? Like, obviously, it's corona time. So we know that, you know, they can't be filming anything right now. But yeah, what's your answer? I liked
1: Full House. I know a long time ago. And they had their, like, what's it called? they're like they're a thing um fuller house
0: but so i guess they already had that so i didn't like the remake but full house is okay some of the actors you know were a little problematic but you had some problems the show was okay <laughs> the show must go on <laughs> for me i would say a show that was canceled i was so shocked when it was canceled too but um it's called designated survivor and it's about how do I describe it? It's basically this guy that was working in the White House. He was basically the last designated survivor. So something happened and the the White House exploded and almost every single politician was um, tragically killed. And he was the last person, like the last on the list of people that were you know, supposed to be the successor to become the president and he becomes the president and it just follows all the drama in his life that goes on with now being the president with like no politician background. Mm
1: -hmm. Wait, I also liked Teen Wolf, but I never finished watching it.
0: Okay, that's rude of you. First of all, how can you come up here and tell to a Teen Wolf fan that you never finished Teen Wolf?
1: Well, because It's not on Netflix. So when we were in Manchester, I tried my best, but I couldn't finish <laughs> it. And then I had to keep on going on Daily Motion, and it was getting hard remembering where I was, so I just didn't finish it.
0: Okay, first of all, so we know you're a fake fan, but that's fine. Okay, but you know, speaking of canceling TV shows, I think that's a great t- transition to um our topic for this episode. So with the wake of everything going on, especially as it pertains to social justice, um, we've been seeing that the Western world seems to be having a period of unlearning. And by unlearning, I mean unlearning damaging problematic dogmas and ideologies that have been around for centuries. And um, learning how this has played a part in different systems and structures of modern society. And to go in hand with that, um, there's been a period of self-education which is highly encouraged but more so expected at this point and as we become more educated and socially aware a phenomenon called cancel culture has become more prevalent than ever it was already um, pretty popular yes but especially in the past um, year more specifically like especially in the past couple months and couple weeks we've been seeing more and more instances of almost every sector of society from, you know, the online world with online personalities to media stars to even businesses and corporations being canceled. So Paula, give us a definition of cancel culture and explain the act of being canceled.
1: All right. So when I was first introduced to cancel culture, I think it was around last year with, um, I believe it was the James Charles James Charles whole situation and I was like I did not know what to believe but cancel culture (laughs) this is from pop culture dictionary refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for canceling public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered offensive cancel culture is genuinely discussed as being performed on social media in the form form of group shaming
0: yeah and it's so interesting that you mentioned that because especially with um globalization and how reliant we have become on the internet cancel culture mainly seems to be so prevalent in the internet and social media sphere of things so um just to talk a bit about my where I used to be at and where my head is at so I'm gonna be honest like initially I was pretty supportive of cancel culture um, I personally would never go as far as you know, being online and tweeting or DMing or leaving comments of, you know, hateful messages and death threats to people, Um, firstly, because that's just not my character. But also, to be frank, like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm busy. I got things to do. We have assignments to hand in, things to study for. I got to read my Bible. Like, I got to go to work. University is not a joke. Like, there's a lot to do. And just because it's a pandemic doesn't mean that all work, you know, stops, but yeah, there's just more pressing things to do in this life than to be so strenuously invested in the foolery that goes on on social media. But when my siblings would update me on whatever was going on um, online, I would, or I, or I just happen to see the situation myself where someone's being canceled. Like, I would just personally like read read what went on. Look at what they did, or maybe even gauge other people's reactions to it, and then I'd be like, okay, sure, makes sense. They deserve to be canceled. They did something messed up at some point in time, and now they deserve to reap the consequences. Like that seems to be almost kind of like the rule of life. Your actions and your words have consequences, and eventually, um, one day you're gonna have to own up to these consequences, especially when you get caught. So, and especially, and especially when people bring. Um, these things up. So that's what cancel culture, I guess, is intended to do. It brings on a wrath of consequences and forces the perpetrator to confront what they did, whether they like it or not. But what I've come to realize is that there's a massive difference between confrontation and cancellation versus accountability. And that's where more of the extreme forms of cancel culture seem to have taken a left and deviated. Don't get me wrong, I'm 100% supportive of holding people accountable. Obviously, you can boycott businesses and you can choose who you want to support or no longer support. Like As a consumer, whether it be monetarily or content and media-wise, you have every right to choose who you want to support and who you want to give your time and energy to. And that's, each individual's prerogative and honestly, your moral duty to be to be fair and hold people in our society, especially when they have big platforms, to hold these people accountable. But I just think that there's a difference between accountability and some of the extreme forms of cancel culture that we've been seeing. Uh, what's your thoughts on that?
1: My thoughts, my opinion on culture can, cancel culture is that when people make mistakes or do something where they're obviously in the wrong, they need to be held accountable. And especially if they're given such a big platform, like a celebrity, an influencer, or a company, they need to be held accountable. But I feel like, so I agree with canceling to an extent, but I feel like an extreme level of canceling And telling somebody to go kill themselves is wrong. And people need to be, once they've been held accountable, they need to have room to grow from their mistakes. And they can't grow from their mistakes if they're, if it's, how do I say this? If they're still getting these hateful messages. And I feel like if somebody makes a mistake or, Not just a mistake, but something, says something very offensive that they should know better. It's 100% your choice to, you know, I'm not going to follow this person anymore. I'm not going to watch their videos anymore. I hope they learn from their mistake, but I'm not going to go back to them.
0: Yeah, I I agree with what you said. Um we have we should be holding people accountable, but then like you mentioned, also give room for growth. Um but we were we I remember we were chatting about this like before and you mentioned something that I wanted to bring up, which is the fact that there is a lot of inconsistency within cancel culture. So can you explain what you meant by that?
1: Yes. I feel like a lot of times people are picking and choosing who they want to cancel. So two people can make the same mistake or do the same thing. And because one is famous for being attractive or doing, making their TikToks where they're just doing <coughs> their dance and they got famous because they're pretty, they won't be canceled. They're not being held accountable. The same as somebody who is less like attractive conventionally attractive like yeah
0: to add to that there's also a lot of inconsistency when it comes to power and influence like I feel like some really big because you talked about the online world, but let me take it to the real, you know, quote unquote, real business world. There's some really big companies that will never be held accountable because of how much power they have. And like you mentioned with the online world, having this conventional attractiveness is like a privilege that almost shields you from having to take accountability because you have a a sphere of fans and followers that will co-sign your behavior and will support you regardless because they're blinded by the fact of whatever support they have for you and then on the business side and the quote-unquote more professional world you have these really big entities and corporations that have the privilege of being so powerful to the extent that they're untouchable and attempts to cancel them almost don't necessarily work because they have all this influence and power okay but Another point to be brought about cancel culture, which I can't remember where where I heard it from, but somebody said something along the lines of, yes, you need to cancel these people and hold them accountable for their past, but also don't forget the people that are doing things right now that are that need to be held accountable. Like especially within the social media world like you were mentioning. There's a lot of people that are going as far as digging into people's past um, history, whether it be tweets, posts, or whatever that have been around for fifteen years ago, and bringing that forward to hold them accountable. But the argument that both me and this person would like to see is that while you're while you're doing all that work to bring their past, you know, to the present and hold them accountable, make sure you're also holding accountable other people that are still doing the same things right now in the present. You know what I mean? Like, don't be so focused on the past that you ignore the present as well. Yes. Like, you can do both.
1: And I think that's the same as, like, some people not being canceled, like, picking and choosing who you want to cancel because, oh, I like the clothes that this company has, or I like this person's music. Yeah. They, people need to be held accountable for what they do. And words and actions have consequences.
0: One of the issues that many others have been seeing with um, cancel culture is the fact that there's varying progressions. So, in my mind, I, I see there being like three scenarios with cancel culture. So, in the first scenario, cancel culture can be productive. It actually holds individuals and companies accountable, um, and it can give space for them to be educated and show true growth and become better and do better. So that's one of the positive, more productive outcomes of cancel culture. And in the second scenario, cancel culture can actually be unproductive in the sense that no positive change or growth is made because there are fans that will still co-sign this problematic behavior. Um, And just the fact that the internet is consistent and picks and chooses who is allowed to be canceled and who gets to bounce back and still keep their maintain their Korean status. The third scenario, which alongside scenario two, um, is something that we've been seeing more and more often, is when cancel culture actually becomes counterproductive. And by this, I mean that um, when it's taken to the extreme, cancel culture can breed an environment where one of two things can happen. So the first thing that can happen is when people are canceled, they'll rushingly upload, nine times out of 10, a very rushed insincere apology video or apology statement that for the most part attempts to explain away or excuse their behavior rather than actually acknowledging the issue at hand and trying to rectify this issue like how many apology posts tweets messages have you seen in the past year and we all know it's done as a pr stunt in order to attempt to you know save their careers and I don't even have to give you an example because I know you already were thinking of one just as I said yeah. this, right? The second thing that can happen is that in an attempt to be on the correct side of you know, the culture and the correct side of history and to just escape being canceled, companies and other big influencer platforms will pander to the outrage community or even worse, they'll make a statement um, of some or do some sort of action that literally nobody asked for. Like nobody asked you to do this and it always ends up creating even more controversy because these statements and actions um, often are tone deaf and insensitive. But in a sense, this all serves as being counterproductive because now the headlines and all the attention um, goes on the apology videos and the tone deaf statements and all the controversy rather than addressing the true issue at hand and actually bringing positive change.
1: When people are canceled, um I can definitely um picture a
0: lot of rushed apologies where they're just there to save save their career honestly it's not sincere
1: yeah, it's insincere
0: because they know that there's a huge mob there's this huge mob mentality that's willing to take down their career and slander their life and destroy destroy their being honestly and destroy their status. So out of fear, they post insincere apologies that excuse or try to explain away their behavior, or it just ends up being like something written by their PR to try to save their career. And you can tell it's not sincere. And that's because of the fear that cancel culture can breed.
1: I'm going to use a connection. Like, let's say a parent tells you to apologize and you apologize. Obviously, there's no sincerity and you don't mean it when it's being yeah, like yelled at you and told you like that. But also, you need to be held accountable for what you did and you need, you need to apologize and learn from what you did.
0: Learn from it. Yeah, that's the most important part. So we've discussed the pros of cancel culture and that it can hold individuals and companies with large platforms accountable but also the cons of the mob mentality um, that can often end up leaving no room for growth and no room for real change. And even at time, bury the real issues with the controversies surrounding the intentions behind apology statements and attempts to make change by these um, entities. So my question to you is how do we make this practice more effective in being you know, more positive and also inducing more positive change?
1: I don't really know if there's going to ever be a positive way of canceling somebody and getting them to own up, their mis- own up to their mistake without knowing whether or not their apology is really sincere or comes from the heart. Because anybody can fake tears on camera. Just put some water in your eye. Anybody can have a script of what they're saying. You never know what goes on behind the camera.
0: Uh, For me, okay, it's interesting that you said that you don't see there being a solution. But the solution that I would offer is that we kind of redefine what cancel culture means. And a more productive solution would be creating a space or an environment where we're able to have conversations that balance the nuance of um, giving people and companies the grace of believing that they're able to be you know renewed and that they're able to actually be better and create positive change while still having this very strong mindset of enforcing accountability. Like I do believe we should be demanding that individuals and companies are held accountable and that they should have to address in some way, shape or form the wrong that they did so they can actually address the wrong and show that they acknowledge that it's wrong. But then I think that the environment should be one that encourages growth so that they can be better and do better and we can progress as a society. But then then again, in cases where people and companies are just blatantly and willfully ignorant, like I mean blatantly and willfully expressing bigotry and ignorance, and more importantly, this is a repetitive behavior, despite you know, any attempts of others trying to educate them, then I think there's only so much you can do at that point, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that because, you know, the saying forgive, but don't forget. Once an action becomes repetitive, you really have to step back and think, you know, they're not learning from being canceled. They're not
0: learning from, yeah, they're not learning from quote-unquote being canceled or being called out Mm -hmm. at that point there's realistically only so much you can do like focus on your energy on something positive and keep your life pushing like we got bigger fish to fry like you can make more change by just leaving that situation and focusing on other situations where you can create change rather than focusing on an individual that refuses to change so at that point they just might have to be canceled and we just keep it pushing for sure Okay, so that's it for the main topic, but for this segment of the episode, we're going to be basically reading in um, dilemmas that have been submitted on Reddit and we're going to be just assessing and giving our opinions. So this one is called, am I in the wrong for firing an employee after his parents died? So this person writes, I'm the VP of sales at a software company and one of our sales development reps' parents passed away at the beginning of April. Sadly, they were involved in a car crash and both lost their lives. Now, the employee in question is a very young 22-year-old guy and has been with us for about 10 months now. He's a great employee, and we were thinking about promotions in the next six months for him. His job is a high-paying one for a new grad, about 90 k with commissions and base, so we expect a lot from this position. Because of the accident, we let him take a month of paid leave of absence from work and he's returned a few weeks ago and his, his performance is severely lacking. He's super unmotivated, not cold calling, outreaching the prospects for the last two to three weeks um, since he's come back. Our whole management team has noticed this and we decided to let him go because we feel like he needs months and months to be able to produce um, again and we can't wait that long. We called him into a meeting on Friday afternoon and gave him the bad news. He was very calm and rude about it. Ooh. Told us to go F ourselves and got up and went to his desk, grabbed his things, and left. I thought this was very, very unprofessional and extremely rude. Wow. I told my boyfriend about all of this and he said, myself and the management team are a bunch of asses and pricks with no hearts. Am I in the wrong? Wow, uh, what do you think, Paula?
1: So I think he is in a high paying or whoever is in a high paying job, and, but what happened to them was so like, your parents dying is such like big thing in your life, and it has to really hurt. Yeah. So, I think it was wrong of them to do that if they didn't have a conversation with him first, and ask. You know could you please
0: do this yeah yeah it, I don't know if they they didn't say anything about reaching out to the person when they first came back and like talking about the fact that they're slightly underperforming but also I feel like he they said that he initially was up for promotion so that means that he was already you know doing pretty well before so if this is a valued employee my question is why isn't the thought process to help this person get counseling or something or negotiate something like that rather than just, you know, firing them. Like, I want to know what the conversation, if they even had a conversation about, you know, getting him back on track. Like, his, both of his parents died in a car crash too and it was so tragic. Like, what?
1: Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think they're in the wrong
0: I I really think they're in the wrong for this. Okay, like I understand, obviously, it's a high-paying job. You expect a lot, and especially because the person was doing so well before, and it's kind of a shock seeing how, you know, maybe badly their their work ethic has gone now because of the death. But I feel like it's, for one, it's understandable because they're suffering something like that huge loss, and grief doesn't just take a month to recover from, like they said that they gave him one month of paid leave, but grief honestly can even last like a lifetime, so yeah, I feel like they're in the wrong,
1: yeah, everybody grieves differently, so
0: exactly i f- I really feel like they're in the wrong, dang, and even the way the man walked out too like he was upset when he walked yeah. out
1: he has, wow he lost his parents and now he lost his job,
0: yeah. Okay. So that's it for this episode. I hope it inspired some, you know, meaningful thoughts about cancel culture, how we can progress as a society in holding people accountable, but also showing enough grace for growth and positive change. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.